Welcome to episode 586 of the 1010 Thrive podcast brought to you by 1010 Thrive Ministries. I'm Peter Anderson. 1010 Thrive, 10 minutes a day based on 10 guidelines for abundant living. Matthew 5 verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The early history of the Christian church was marked by trial, suffering, and persecution. John survived being put in boiling oil. James, the son of Alphaeus, lived after being thrown from a pinnacle of the temple at Jerusalem and then stoned, only to later have his head bashed in with a club. Stephen was stoned. Paul was beheaded. Thomas was pierced through with a spear. Simon Peter was crucified upside down. So widespread was early persecution that Tertullian, a prolific early Christian author from Carthage, once wrote that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The church continues to be persecuted. Recent statistics show that hundreds of millions of Christians live in countries where they are subject to some form of persecution, from arbitrary arrests to physical violence. They often suffer a full range of human rights violations, up to and including murder. Still, throughout history, many Christians have themselves been the persecutors. During the Crusades of the medieval era, Muslims and Jews were slaughtered by Christians who sought to recapture the holy places in Palestine. Christianity served as a major force in the partition and eventual colonization of Africa, and many atrocities have been inflicted upon indigenous peoples in the name of God by those who claimed to be Christians. Yet little attention is given to the persecution of African-American Christians within the history of the United States. From the earliest days of colonialism, American slaves were hindered, proscribed, and persecuted. Like their ancient Christian predecessors, they bore witness to the Christian gospel despite the threat of punishment and even death at the hands of fellow Christians. For example, slave Christians suffered severe punishment if they were caught attending secret prayer meetings, which whites outlawed as a threat to social order. And yet they endured suffering rather than forsake worship. In 1792, Andrew Bryan and his brother Samson were arrested and hauled before the city magistrates of Savannah, Georgia for holding religious services. With almost 50 of their followers, they were imprisoned and severely flogged. Andrew told his persecutors that he rejoiced not only to be whipped, but would freely suffer death for the cause of Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 12, the Apostle Paul reminds us that indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Eli Johnson claimed that when he was threatened with 500 lashes for holding prayer meetings, he stood up to his master and declared, I'll suffer the flesh to be dragged off my bones for the sake of my blessed Redeemer. Some slaves suffered willingly. With deep faith in God, they brought their sufferings to him and experienced the amazing transformation of their sadness into joy. This paradoxical combination of suffering and joy permeated slave religion, as the spirituals attest. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. 
nobody knows but Jesus. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Glory, hallelujah. Questioned by her mistress about her faith, a slave woman named Polly explained why she resisted despair. We poor creatures have to believe in God. For if God Almighty will not be good to us someday, why were we born? When I heard of his delivering his people from bondage, I know it means the poor African. In the midst of dehumanizing conditions, so bleak that despair seemed the only appropriate response, African-American Christians believed that God would make a way out of no way. Enslaved, they predicted that God would free them from bondage. Impoverished, they asserted that God would provide. Their belief in God did not consist so much in a set of propositions as it did in a relationship of personal trust that God was with them. We might expect that their identification with the biblical children of Israel, with Jesus and with saints and martyrs, might have pushed the slaves toward self-righteousness and racial chauvinism. And for some, this may have been true. However, for many African-American believers, this identification inspired compassion for all who suffer, even occasionally for their white oppressors. William Grimes, for example, a slave who refused to lie or to steal, was unjustly accused and punished by his master. I forgave my master in my own heart and prayed to God to forgive him and turn his heart, Grimes reported. Everybody knows the trouble I've seen. Glory, If you get there before I do, oh yes, Lord, tell all my friends I'm coming to. When slaves forgave and prayed for slaveholders, they not only proved their humanity, they also displayed, perhaps to a heroic degree, their obedience to Christ's command in Matthew 5, verse 44. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Yes, even those who spiritually abuse you. Christianity taught the slaves that God had entered into the world and taken on its suffering, not just the regular suffering of all creatures that grow old and die, but the suffering of the innocent persecuted by the unjust, the suffering of abandonment and seeming failure, the suffering of love offered and refused, the suffering of evil apparently triumphant over good. They learned that God's compassion was so great that he entered the world to share its brokenness in order to heal and transform it. The passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus began and effected the process of that transformation. Still, slaves' open scorn for white religion is one of the most consistent and vehement themes in their narratives. The idea of a good Christian slaveholder was a moral impossibility. The enslaved black Christians were especially critical of white preachers. 
many of whom were hired by plantation owners to preach a religion that sanctioned slavery. The Southern white evangelical defense of slavery on biblical grounds was a joke. No elaborate polemics or moral arguments were required to convince black Christians to unmask the evils of slavery and racial prejudice. The most important lesson for white Christians is to acknowledge the error and futility of trying to separate spirituality from social ethics based on wrongful interpretations of the Bible and contrive to preserve racial privilege and deny responsibility for the pursuit of racial justice in both church and society. What we do in the name of righteousness can sometimes drive people away from the church, but for the sake of righteousness, we ought to embrace all men as brothers and all women as sisters. Father, thank you for the example of Jesus who suffered unimaginable injustice and yet still loved, still forgave, still sought to redeem. May we do likewise and touch the heart of those who may not see the contradiction between belief in you and the subjugation of others. That's our episode. Remember that God calls you not only to live, but to thrive. Live life to the full today.